Welcome to the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. You can download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. This week, the Islanders are celebrating the grand opening of the park at UBS Arena. The area outside of the main entrance includes two outdoor pond hockey rinks, a beer garden, a pop-up Islanders swag shop, and the set for the Islanders pre- and post-game shows on MSG Networks. On hand for the grand opening this week was an Islanders legend. In fact, he scored one of the most iconic goals in Islanders history. You might even say it was epic. Leiter stick handling around Pavanka gets over the line. Eddie Leiter trying to go around Hatcher center and ends up in the far wing. Gordon Deneen moves in around Adam. Deneen out of the corner. Goes back to the net. Sets up a screen in front, then his shot is blocked. Goes back to LaFontaine, turns, lets it go, he scores! The Islanders have won it in overtime, 3-2! to two. My, oh my, oh my! The goal is scored at 8.47 of the fourth sudden-death overtime period. The call of Jiggs McDonald on Sports Channel in 1987 as Pat LaFontaine scored in the fourth overtime of Game 7 against the Capitals in what became known as the Easter Epic. Coming up on the Double Chili Islanders podcast, I'm joined by former Islanders great and a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, Pat LaFontaine. This is the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. This week, my guest is former Islanders great Pat LaFontaine, who joined me over the phone from the grand opening of the park at UBS Arena. Well, Pat, first of all, let me just start by by asking you how you are, how excited you are to see the park and see what the Islanders have built outside of UBS Arena with the, with the two outdoor pond hockey rinks. Well, I, I couldn't be more excited. Um, as, as you know, Peter, you know, growing up and I was born in St. Louis, raised in Michigan, skated on an outdoor rink by, you know, my young days and um, as, as, you know, John Collins connected here with the Islanders would know, um, creating the Winter Classic has done so much for the sport and connecting us to the soul in the very beginning of our game at its root. So, uh, to see the Islanders put in two ranks, obviously one is a, is a natural ice, the one uh, that's been uh, with Northwell, the Northwell Arena, and then the Islanders UBS synthetic rank, um, and they both look the same. They look incredible. To be able to bring that to the fans along with beer gardens and fire pits and carnival games and food. And um, I know the Islander fans have missed, you know, the tailgating piece, that, you know, at the Coliseum. But I think this this is uh, this is a winter wonderland. This is like 10 times of, of anything I could have ever imagined or thought of. And uh, kudos to the, the ownership and the management and, and the, the Islanders organization for really thinking out of the box and doing a one-of-a-kind venue destination for fans before the game. It, as if the Islanders game wasn't enough, the excitement and all the experiences that you have in a game, to have this prior to the game, it's just it, it's, it's top shelf. You know this, Pat, going back to your days with the Islanders, there, there was a time on Long Island that, where there really wasn't a lot of, of ice space for kids to play hockey, whether it was indoors or outdoors, and there's been an improvement in that. In fact, a few weeks ago, the Ed Westfall Arena opened up out east. I know you were part of that grand opening, and now they have these two rinks at UBS Arena. What does it mean for the kids, not even the kids, but anybody who plays hockey who just wants to ice skate on Long Island to now have this extra access to, to ice rinks that, that that wasn't there before? Well, it's, it's, it's special, and it's needed. Um, I think any time a, 
Listen, I'm I'm a 12 year old kid when I go on an outdoor rink. It's just like <laughs> so so to allow more and more kids and their families to have that experience, it's important. First of all, when my dad took me, I was five years old, four 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 and a half or so, and he, you know, I was gliding along, and then he just took a window and, and swung me around the ice, and I started to glide. That was it. I. That was the moment I said, I want to learn how to do this. Um, I never thought I would start in St. Louis and and then go to Michigan and then end up in, in Long Island. Um, but it happened, and it, started, it stemmed from an outdoor rink when I was four and a half years old. Um, so to give kids, every kid, boy and girl, and, and for, for that matter, any you know man or woman that hasn't had that experience, you know, it's right here. And I think I took my hat, too, because this is also a facility and a destination that's now you know, given and, and as a give back, the community can come and use this at any time. Not only Island event, but but the, the community surrounding, mm-hmm. you know, the park here at UBS. So what a phenomenal idea. Like I said, nobody else is doing it. And I, I don't think a lot of NHL teams will be able to replicate this just because of the destination and location of some of these rinks. They're in major cities. So to be able to have this land available and to you know, work out a partnership with Naira, who's not going to be here for the next few years. She's brilliant. This is really awesome. And it's like having the Winter Classic before every game, a festival. Um, and then we were doing, uh, I just <laughs> started doing the, um, uh, earlier, the uh, NHL Network uh, with Rupper and Weeksy there earlier, Rupper. And, and I was just envisioning the Saturday morning um, college game days. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of time before you'll see big Islander fans, the afternoon games, night games, uh, they'll be coming and just having a blast, you know, getting ready for the big game. So it's phenomenal. It's great. It's great to see hockey doing this. It's great to see the Islanders doing it. Talking to Islanders legend Pat LaFontaine and, and Pat inside UBS Arena. I know you've been there, you know, a number of times. And listen, you played in Nassau Coliseum, and that obviously – is, is a special place for Islanders fans, always will be. But what, what have been your thoughts on the Islanders' new home um, and, and what it means for the franchise and the community going forward? Well, I don't think there's a better building. Flats and I, uh, Pat Flatley and I were just the last 20 minutes sitting there watching, sitting in the arena, and she was like, hey, Pat, can you imagine we got to play in this? I mean, we love the Coliseum. Uh, but all the bells and whistles here, I don't think there's not a better rank in the NHL than right here at Belmont at UBS Arena. So... For Islander fans who've waited a long time to have a home like this, it's spectacular. Um, and then now to add the destination of the park, um, I don't think of it a, a better experience um, for families, uh, for hockey lovers, for fans. So um, kudos. The Islanders are creating a one-of-a-kind experience. You know, Pat, um, you mentioned before the Islanders' ownership. You know, John Ledecky, Scott Malkin have done an unbelievable job over the last few years owning the team. And look, you know this. There was a time where uh, Islander fans didn't want to say too too many nice things about the ownership, and and obviously there's some history there. But how happy are you that the Islanders have really solid ownership now, and, and the franchise has been brought back to world class status? Well, I, I mean, it starts at the top. I don't care. In any business and, and family, um, in sports, it, it starts at the top. And Scott Malkin, uh, and John Ledecky and John Collins, um, uh, you know, have done a phenomenal job. Obviously, John has just gotten involved with the team and as uh, president of business. And we already know what he's been able to do and did at the league in the Winter Classic. And 
you know, his resume. So that just is, is amazing for the team to have him involved. But prior to that, obviously, Scott Malkin and John Ledecky, what they've done for the Islanders, this building alone, uh, the fans, the, the alumni, uh, I have to say the – uh, they've done an amazing job of really bringing back and um, making the alumni a part of everything and really talking about and and sharing the history of of the team. You talked about Eddie Westfall. I, I share this all the time. There are three things that I remember of why the team really was able to win those cups outside of the relationship with the community. It was the relationship with, with Bill and Al. Bill Torrey and Al Arbor, it was the drafting of the, the, the draft class of all the players that they picked. Um, and, and then it was Eddie Westfall, bringing in Eddie Westfall into the locker room. I don't think a lot of fans understand the impact that Eddie Westfall had and the culture that he brought from the Boston Bruins teams that were winning Stanley Cups. And how that was the first choice as a captain, and I kudos to Bill and Al for bringing Eddie Westfall and really kind of creating that future culture of what it means to be a team in the locker room. And the combination of all those things really helped inspire those Stanley Cups and to see Eddie get the kudos years later, and a rate named after him. And, you know, it starts at the very beginning. He was the first captain. He scored the first call. Uh, and now there's a rank after him. And so I love the history. It's so important to kind of have the history. And, and um, the ownership has done a tremendous job at bringing to life the history. And, and then I will say this, the last few years and the playoffs, um, it really feels like it did when I first came to the Islanders back in 84 through 91. It, the, the, the culture, the character, the, just the feeling of what it means to be an Islander, it feels like that again. And Lou Amarillo's done a phenomenal job. Uh, it's, it's just, it's great to see and guys like, you know, we've lost a couple guys, you know, with Clarkie and Boss and Dennis Botvin, which has been really hard to, to see happen. Randy Boyd, we lost some Islander guys. But to know that these guys were able to experience what it was like when they were first an Islander and, and to see it come full circle and come back um, for me was was really important and really special. Um, and, and the culture now is is that kind of culture that we all became accustomed to. Uh, and now we've got to see a Stanley Cup, Peter. <laughs> Absolutely. want to see another banner. It's been too long, 83, so we're going on 40 years, so it's time. Yeah, from, from your mouth to God's lips, Pat. A couple minutes left with Pat LaFontaine. Uh, I, I have to ask you about the current Islanders team. How much do you like what they've been able to do, especially the last you know, few weeks, and starting to really stockpile some points? Well, I really love what Lou Lamarillo did. You know, when you lose... Uh, Polak and, and Pelic, you know, that was a big hole because, you know, you've got phenomenal goaltending. You've got a Vezina type back end goaltending as, as Sorokin and Vermala. I mean, they're two great combo. Um, and you got really solid D. And all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing how strong this league is with 32 teams. You, you have a little gap maybe and you get a couple guys injured. It, it has an impact. And then, you know, Lou went out and got uh, Riley and he picked up Bortuzzo. And, and then all of a sudden, the chemistry started to come together. The four lines are doing a phenomenal job at chipping in and playing their roles and everybody contributing. Um, and for me, it's about consistency. Uh, so when you get hot goaltending, you now have a solidified defense and you've got four lines playing, you know, and chipping in and everybody's doing it. Now, if you get that consistency, I saw this last December, now... You want to ride that because 
for me, you want to see teams that can put together those long runs because those are the teams that can do damage in the playoffs. So what I saw in December, I was really excited to see. I think they had to kind of find their way because in the first two or three months, dealing with some of the injuries, kind of going through a little bit of the motions, but I really like what I've seen this last month. And Pat, if I can ask just one more question, in getting ready to talk to you today, I went back and watched the Easter Epic uh, goal that you scored. Obviously, you scored some unbelievable goals in your Islanders career, but I, I guess most people, you know, look back at that at that goal as your signature moment. You know, with 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 the Islanders, do, do you get tired of people talking about it? And 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 what do you remember most about the moments leading up to that goal? Well, I never get tired about it, Peter, because even though it happened a long time ago, but the thing I remember the most was we were down three games to one, and we found a way as a team. And back then, it was only one other team, I believe, that came back from a three games to one down. So it wasn't commonplace. It's a little more common now, but it didn't happen very often. So to force the game seven and somehow figure out, and then Trotz, Brian scored with five minutes to go, and Flaffitt scored the first goal. And then all of a sudden, it was just period after period. It was it was Kelly Rudy and Bob Mason made the pucks look like beach balls. I mean, it was just they put on an, an unbelievable exhibition of goaltending. But I remember when Jimmy Pickard and I tell the story, he grabbed a water bottle and he squeezed it down. He used to call me Pop because Pop, you're gonna pop one in. I can feel it. And just at that moment, the the organist uh, played music from the Twilight Zone. So I heard no 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 no. no. <laughs> And literally, Peter, I just took a moment and I looked around and I saw 75 shots to 57. It's one, almost 1.58 in the morning. And there, and I looked, there are people sleeping in stands. And I just had a kind of a surreal moment, like, is this really happening? And I had to focus on Bobby Baskin because he was my guy. I was watching because he had to have a guy. And all of a sudden, I see him skating. And I, I just jump on the ice. I cover for Gordy Dineen. And then all of a sudden... The puck, Gordy pinches, comes around, tries to throw it. I think it goes off on Langway. And I'm on kind of my backhand, and I'm, I'm playing a D, which is not my position. And I just grab it and spun around. And now looking back, the puck was actually on its side. It was rolling. And Peter, I just shot it. And I said, please hit the net. And I think I threw a little knuckler in there because it was rolling. And then I heard the post. And then there was a moment where just everything stood still. And then Bob Mason, people don't know, he was my teammate on the Olympic team a mm-hmm. year earlier. Uh, not a year earlier, three, three or four years earlier in 84. Um, and then I saw him drop to his knees and Dale Henry jumped up. I gave Dale Henry a lot of credit. Dale was the guy screening, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Bob Mason. And then it was just pure joy. And I'll never forget that feeling of what it was like to be a part of a, a team like that that just fought its way back and, and then even had to fight four periods. But that was the Islander way. It was always, who's going to be the hero? Bobby Nystrom started it a long time ago, and the, the Jude Druin and all those guys, Eddie Westfall, the, you know, John Tonellis, they all started that tradition. And um, it's, you're expected to, to, to find a way to win. That's the Islander pride. That's the Islander way. Pat, thank you so much for a few minutes. I appreciate it. Happy holidays, and see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Once again, thanks to my guest, former Islanders great Pat LaFontaine, as the Islanders celebrate the grand opening this week of the park at UBS Arena. That's all for this edition of the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. Don't forget to download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Happy New Year, Islanders country.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.